0: Welcome to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast, where we're sharing stories and advice from the entrepreneurs, business executives, and community leaders, sparking the rise of the greater Bentonville area, which represents one of the fastest growing and most dynamic cities and economies in the United States, and is nestled in the Ozark Mountains of Northwest Arkansas in the heartland of America. I'm your host, James Bell, and this special series spotlights the Northwest Arkansas Technology Summit, featuring live recorded conversations with the thinkers and the doers shaping the future of global tech right here in Bentonville. We're bringing together voices from the event to share their company stories, personal insights, and those unique hashtag because Bentonville moments that define our community's character. Join us as we explore the innovations and experiences that are driving growth and fostering a culture where technology meets the essence of Bentonville. Okay, let me introduce you to my friend, Chiru Thomas, who is the founder and CEO of Ox. Charu, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, James.
0: Yeah, I had to track you down at Tech Summit to do it. <laughs> it's been a long time coming, but uh, I'm ex- I really am excited to have you uh, sitting here. Will you share with the Bentonville Beacon audience about yourself? What would you like them to know about you?
1: Sure. So for all of you, it's so nice to meet you. My name is Charu Thomas, and I'm the founder and CEO at Ox. And at Ox, we're creating human-centered automation, which is wearable technology that directs frontline operators through artificial intelligence. Over the past couple of years, we raised a little over $16 million in venture funding, a little over 40 full-time employees, powering billions of dollars of revenue for Fortune 500 enterprises across third-party logistics, supply chain, and grocery distribution.
0: Perfect. That's that's very good. What I have to ask: What is human-centered automation?
1: So, human-centered automation is essentially the way we apply automation across the supply chain. And the way we do that is through what we call the operator experience. That's actually what OX stands for. And it's one single software experience across any device, whether it's a heads-up display, wrist-mounted scanner, ring scanner, smartwatch, tablet-mounted display, or even a traditional mobile device. So, what this guarantees is operational efficiency, basically an improvement of, you know, say 15%, which saves millions of dollars for our customers in every single facility per year.
0: Excellent. Uh, I have to know. So, you're a Bentonville based company, but where did you come here from?
1: So, I grew up for most of my life in Atlanta, but I'm, I was actually born in Australia. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> New news. <laughs>
1: yeah. All A places though. So, Atlanta, Arkansas, and Australia. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's, that's awesome. Well, will you talk about uh, well, you talked about ox. So let's uh, jump into my next question. Is so, you're here in Bentonville. You've been for a few years. I bet you have a bunch of hashtag because Bentonville stories. This is a story where uh, it's something that could only happen in Bentonville or describes the essence of this place. What is your hashtag because Bentonville story?
1: Yeah. So I think when I first moved here, I really didn't know what to expect. Um, I always joke that I didn't know where Benville or Arkansas were were on a map before I moved here. And it was kind of a leap of faith to pack all my things in my car, drive 11 hours from Atlanta, and plop down in here where I just had no context of what the environment would be like. And I was just so thrilled and surprised, uh, pleasantly surprised by how kind and warm everyone was, how supportive people are. And, of course, the immense talent across retail and supply chain from Walmart, Tyson, J.B. Hunt, and the 1,300 suppliers and vendors that support them. So it became home.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Well, (laughs) welcome home several years late.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Right? I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> well, I got here after you. Maybe you should welcome me yeah, home. I think right?
1: Welcome home to you too, <laughs> yeah, James. There we go. Uh
0: well, it's it's a wonderful home to have. Um now your first uh contact with Bentonville was was it, was the fuel accelerator. Is that right?
1: That's correct, yeah.
0: Okay, excellent. So I have one last question for you, Charlie. Yeah. And that is: if you could instantly be an expert in anything, what would it be?
1: Yeah, so I don't know anything about this, but um, I would really be interested in learning more about longevity and the, you know, biological processes, uh, you know, epigenetics, stuff like that. Uh, I have no context in that. I'm an industrial engineer, so (laughs) not even close, but... I think it's really, really compelling work and it's come a long way over a very short period of time. So we'll see if it c- continues to grow like that. Hopefully it does. Fingers crossed. But
0: I hope so. I need to hurry up. Yeah, I'm starting to me age. Me too. <laughs> me
1: too. We all do. I'm starting
0: to age. I have a three year old at home and you might yeah. not know this yet. Number two's coming in December. What? Yes. Thank you. That's thank so you exciting.
2: so much. Oh, my it's gosh.
0: Very exciting. We'll have the boy and the girl and uh, I that think we'll be so done. That is sweet. <laughs> but, uh, but I would like to live for a very long time because yeah, I want to hang out with them.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Charu, thank you so much for coming thank on the show. Thank you
1: so much for having me, James. I really appreciate it.
0: Okay, let me introduce you to Toby Teeter, who is the director of the University of Arkansas's Collaborative in Bentonville. Toby, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, James. Hey, will you share with our audience a little bit about yourself? What would you like
3: them to know? I'm the director of the Collaborative. It's the University of Arkansas's Bentonville Presence. Uh, We're located right on Fifth Street, right next to the chamber. Mm -hmm. Uh, We dabble in everything from entrepreneurship to data visualization to workforce development. Anything we could do to catalyze innovation in Bentonville, um, I try to bring those pieces of University of Arkansas to Bentonville.
0: Excellent. Well, you know, uh, for the audience, we had Toby on uh, the... Bentonville Beacon, I don't know, a few months ago. About a year ago. Yeah, about yeah. a year ago. Wow, time, time has flown then. Uh, if you just search for that episode, you'll learn a lot more about the collaborative. And so today what we'd like to do is there's always new news coming out about what the University of Arkansas is doing in Bentonville and the latest two pieces of news we'll, we'll talk about now. Uh, Toby, you have some really big news around biomanufacturing workforce development. Will you talk about that?
3: You bet. The University of Arkansas uh, won a $500,000 EDA grant to bring biomanufacturing workforce development to the state of Arkansas, particularly Bentonville. Uh, Tara Dreyer and myself uh, are co-PIs of that grant. What that means, essentially, is uh, it's going to be about a $1.1 million project, including the matching funds, uh, from the university and our partners. Uh, essentially, what's happening is, is there's, a, there's a new wave of tech, biotech, and clean tech jobs uh, that are exponentially growing across the United States, and the state of Arkansas is really underrepresented uh, in this new STEM fields. Uh, and one uh, opportunity that we've identified is to really ramp up uh, bio biomanufacturing startups and incumbents in that space and bring them to the state of Arkansas. Uh, the missing piece is workforce. Uh, it, it takes a particular skill set to be kind of a cog in a biomanufacturing process. Uh, so, we have been studying uh, workforce development models across the United States. We've actually toured several of them, including Texas a uh, production facility. Uh, and we are actually building out uh, the first version of this in Bentonville. It'll be modeled uh, after what we've seen at Texas A&M in a and in a facility in Philadelphia. And essentially, um, it'll allow people with low skills, including high school graduates, uh, in a matter of just two or three weeks, get a micro credential in biomanufacturing and be in position to make $50,000 to sixty thousand dollars a year. Uh, and this is a process that we can ramp up not only in Bentonville but introduce across the state of Arkansas. So really, really excited about it. Uh, we've been partnering with and working with Symbiosis, which is a venture capital firm based in Bentonville. Uh, They have made about 35 early-stage investments around the world in biomanufacturing. The economic development opportunity here is to actually attract an incumbent biomanufacturing factory uh, to the state of Arkansas. So When those startups are ready to scale up uh, their molecules uh, and produce them in pill form or injection form, uh, that could be done in the state of Arkansas. Uh, It is a very specific type of skill set that it doesn't adequately represent uh, across the state of Arkansas. Uh, so we are building out a curriculum that allow, again, low skill workforce uh, participants to actually upskill very rapidly uh, and, and be part of this process as we introduce this new industry to the state of Arkansas. That's incredible. I I, I want to go
0: back to the last thing you said, which yeah. you also said at the beginning, that you can take a low skill workforce and educate them over the period of a, a very short few weeks. Yes, and they can make fifty thousand dollars plus. Yes, right that's, that's away. Correct. That is incredible. It so is. you know, biomanufacturing, of course, if you want to get to the molecules, that takes a lot of uh, education, right, for for researchers, but for the folks actually doing the
4: work, right.
0: Not a yeah, lot. That's yeah, amazing. These,
3: the actual biomanufacturing is a manufacturing process. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's multi-million dollar pieces of equipment, but ultimately uh, it is actually taking uh, molecules that have been developed already in the lab and actually scaling that up, actually going in production uh, and creating units. Uh, and, and that is something that's being done in a, about a 30,000 square foot facility on Texas A&M's campus. Uh, we're not there yet here in Arkansas. Uh, the first version of this is going to be a free Curriculum that's going to be online. So it'll be distributed, uh, hybrid, and asynchronous, allowing high schools and community colleges across the state to actually plug into the system uh, and exponentially grow this workforce. And we're also going to develop um, a virtual reality uh, uh, type of uh, curriculum uh, that will ha- be higher fidelity, where it'll be closer to a lab setting, allowing people to put on VR headsets and reproduce and learn specific equipment and how to manipulate the equipment using virtual reality. Uh, it's a really exciting process. It's a two-year grant. Uh, we'll start this up uh, in the first quarter of next year, in 2024. Uh, and over the next two years, we're going to try to train about you know 50 to 60 70 people through this process and then grow from there. Awesome. Uh, well, that is a fast spin-up. Nice yeah. job. Uh,
0: it's, it's just incredible, and I love the uh, the part where you know, of course, you have a state mandate. So I love that it you have we have this opportunity to spread across the state too. Um, the, the whole state uh, can use this. So you have uh, some other news, really recent news. Uh, the Association of University Research Parks conference is going
3: to meet here in in bentonville
0: and fayetteville will you talk about that you bet
3: yeah so there's a there's a conference of innovation parks and innovation districts across north america that meets once a year it's a it's called the international conference of the association of university research parks uh last year was in toronto uh where i attended and this year was in delaware at the university of delaware uh next year bentonville and Fayetteville is going to host the Association of University of Research Parks International Convention. Again, this is going to be about 300 people from hundreds of universities, including master planners, architects, and developers that build out innovation districts. This is an opportunity for the University of Arkansas and Northwest Arkansas to kind of show out and 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 give uh, and discuss best practices when you're talking about placemaking, you're actually creating place where innovation happens. There's a special thing happening here in Northwest Arkansas and the world is starting to uh, understand what's happening here. Uh, and we've been asked to host this and it's because of, of things like this, of uh, this community that's really growing. It's very dynamic. It's gonna be a lot of fun to host our cohort uh, 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 from uh, University of Michigan, Michigan State, uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Texas a Arizona State, uh, all these universities are going to come here and discuss innovation and, and placemaking and talking about innovation districts and how to align entrepreneurship next to university-led research and, and development. Uh, that conversation on a global scale, on a national scale, will be coming to Bentonville next fall. And that, that's a big deal. I, in one of my uh, my past roles before I came here, when I was
0: in Memphis, uh, one of my past roles was I was the uh, executive, the international executive in residence for the University of Memphis Research Park, uh, and I I didn't have a full even comprehension of what these parks do before I got to uh, dive in there. Will you talk just a little bit more sure. about you what bet. research search parks and innovation districts are all about?
3: Yeah, uh, a group of us are actually going to Purdue Research Park next week to tour it. Uh, what's happening? The, what's happening in research parks is often it's a public-private partnership where the university and corporations cohabitate in the same physical setting. Picture an industrial park anchored by a university where innovation's happening, startups, biomanufacturing, uh, technology, clean tech, where, where things collide. Uh, there is actually um, uh, a, a, a planning, an, an architecture element to this where where innovation can catalyze, where you have uh, business students and college engineering students, both the grad and undergrad level, commingling with startups uh, and inventors, uh, and, and then have big pharma tech, clean tech, actually uh, cohabitate the same physical setting. Uh, Often, more and more, research parks look less like old school research parks and now look like mixed-use developments, where you have coffee shops and restaurants and even apartments. It's an opportunity where people live, work, play, research, and invent On the same grounds. Uh, The University of Arkansas has a research park in South Fayetteville, uh, and the Collaborative is, is in essence, an innovation center on its own in Bentonville. Um, But what we're looking at in the future is the next wave of what's next for the University of Arkansas. So there's a lot of things afoot as far as master planning and how to create and use the University of Arkansas to catalyze innovation across the state of Arkansas. Uh, My job is to stand up the Bentonville presence and to understand how we can collaborate around retail technology, whole health, uh, outdoor innovations, uh, and now biomanufacturing, uh, to name a few. Uh, so, every part of the state has some attributes uh, where innovation lives. Lithium is going to be the next big thing in South Arkansas. Uh, and we're trying to understand how to attract com- incumbents in that space, how to create jobs and capital investment across the state, uh, leveraging these natural resources and the new talent that's actually arriving by the day particularly here in northwest arkansas so uh those conversations happen at this uh event and research parks uh um are essentially university led uh, innovation districts uh where often entrepreneurship uh venture capital uh and and stem based uh, uh companies uh relocate uh to actually create energy uh, in, in a very small district within a city or within a metropolitan area. Well, it's very exciting times yeah.
0: indeed. And I am thrilled about what the University of Arkansas is doing and looking forward in the future. And every time I talk with you, I get a new little peek under yeah. the cover and it, I, I couldn't be more excited. So I'm excited too. Um, talk about, well, here we are at another conference at the Northwest Arkansas Technology Summit, Uh, you're not a rookie at this anymore uh, at Tech Summit, so talk about your past experiences and how this year is shaping up.
3: The the Tech Summit is special in a number of ways. One, the the content itself is amazing, and it's on point this year with AI being the theme. Um, But what I find fascinating about the Tech Summit is we've had so many kind of digital nomads that have relocated to Northwest Arkansas in recent years, and often the first time they kind of come out of their house is to come to the summit every year. I bump into people uh, that just moved here that are already CTOs of like tech companies, and they're just working remotely from Bella Vista or Rogers or Bentonville, and it's really fascinating to see a kind of convergence of people. Uh, so not only is it During the sessions or between the sessions, but the but the kind of official and unofficial after parties, you really start understanding uh, in context uh, the peoples what makes this region special, uh, and and really uh, this is one of those rare convergences of of venture capital startups uh, and and kind of traditional STEM tech uh, all coming together in one roof. So it's really great opportunity. It's very efficient use of your time. A no matter of two or three days, to walk through these spaces uh, and understand how far we've come and what's next.
0: Yeah, it, it certainly is. I've been to a lot of tech conferences, and I might be biased, and this is our tech summit, but this is the best darn one I've seen out there because of the collection of folks that you have and the collection of companies and like the diversity of people and companies in terms of you had everything from High school students to the leaders of Fortune One here, and then you look around this room, uh, ju- just in this room that we're in, in the demo area, and and you see the collection of companies here. I mean, you've got you know Microsoft. Well, you've got folks representing Microsoft. You have I three R from the, the university, and you have this whole
3: range of uh, amazing uh,
0: companies here. It's it's really uh, it's it really great. impressive. And
3: the University of Arkansas has its fingers all over this thing. It's beautiful. I mean, we have. We have leadership here representing health and food tech uh, running sessions. We have an entrepreneurship wing at the university. Uh, we have a number of startups actually in this room. They are actually were were generated uh, uh, and created on our campus. So it, it's, it's fascinating to kind of see uh, how this has been evolving in, in recent years. It's really exciting. Yeah.
0: Well, OK, so uh, you must have a few stories about your, your time in Bentonville. I know you were somewhere else and. We're spending some some time in Bentonville and uh showed up just I guess you were spending time in Bentonville before I got here, but then showed up on scene uh after I arrived. You must have a because Bentonville story. Uh that's, as you know, a story of something that happened where you look at it and you go, That could only happen in Bentonville. Would
3: you like to share one? I, I might have shared this one already, but um one, one particular event that, that kind of cracks me up is I, I live in downtown Bentonville and I was getting in my car to go to work. This is like 8 a.m. on a Monday. And my next door neighbor asked what I was doing today. Uh, and uh, he told me just to blow it all off and hop in his car. And we, we head to Faden Field. we hopped in a private jet. And I was in a group of entrepreneurs from Bentonville looking at a fly fishing resort that they're considering purchasing. Uh, So, all of a sudden, three hours later, we're in Page, Arizona, uh, on the river of of the Colorado River. And these guys were test driving, essentially, this fly fishing resort. Uh, It's the only one that has the license for fly fishing uh, in the lower Colorado River. Uh, And sure enough, those guys actually purchased uh, that resort. Um, I was back by dinner. My wife wanted to know what I did today for work. And I told her I went fly fishing in the Colorado River.
0: (laughs) That's, Did she believe you? Yeah,
3: <laughs> and, and things like that. Only in Bentonville does something like that actually happen. It's crazy. <laughs> that, that's amazing. Yeah.
0: Um, okay, I've got one last question for you. Um, if you could live at any era in uh, Bentonville's history, what what time would you choose you and why?
3: I think in the 1950s, Bentonville would be a fascinating to see how far the 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 city has evolved physically uh, in, how, in size, but in particular, just the idea of, of a young Sam Walton stumbling into town, standing up his five and dime, uh, and seeing you know w- w- what was next—it would it, it's, it's, be very um, you know um, it would be very interesting time to see the the sock hops and the soda fountains and and all the locals talk about kind of this vintage Bentonville uh, and and to be part of that and see that in person would be fascinating.
0: Yeah, that would be really cool. I don't think a lot of people realize that Bentonville has always been a center of economic activity. Of course, it has really uh, become one now. And there's all this really fascinating history that I'm still diving into and and really enjoying getting to learn. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Toby, thank you so much for uh, hopping on the show and giving us a uh, couple of uh, new news pieces from the uh, collaborative. You bet. Thanks, James. Let me introduce to you Peyton Lenz, who is the head of digital experience at Ledger, the world's first bikeable building. Peyton, welcome to the show. Yeah, happy Monday.
4: Thanks for having me. What would you like the Bentonville Beacon audience to know about you? For me, I think it kind of goes back to why I'm here. I mean, I first moved here as part of the LifeWorks Here program. So I think it was a pretty unique experience that I had was being one of the first people to come to the area as this, you know, initiative to get more people in tech moving to North Arkansas. I mean, it was a very off the cuff thing. Didn't really expect it to happen. And I was honored to be selected and, you know, came here shortly after I was selected. And I've been here ever since. Wow. Yeah. There were some pretty incredible people who came as part of that program. We're glad you're here. Oh, it, it Apostle Syndrome definitely had me. It's like, man, there's all these amazing people and they pick me. But it's, you know, it's really honored to be a part of that ecosystem. It's
0: Very cool. So um, we'll talk about what you do. Talk about Ledger. Um, what's the problem that a building, Ledger, <laughs> solves? What's the problem that Ledger solves? Uh, for whom do you solve that problem? And how do you do it?
4: Yeah, so Ledger was a really interesting uh, company to be brought into. And I was very honored to be part of it. And what Ledger is at its core, it's, it's a community hub, right? It's not just an office building. It's not just a meeting location, not just an event space. It's a space where people can truly come and gather and you know be part of you know something bigger than themselves. And that goes back to what Ledger is solving. It's this whole ecosystem around bringing the community in, but also pushing people out into the community as well. And so it creates this nice little ecosystem of these casual collisions and these companies being created, these ideas being attacked by multiple different people that may have never been into each other before, right? And you mix that in with the co-working stuff and you mix it in with our event space. And it just creates this really unique experience. And on top of that, you know, it's kind of an art museum, right? We have local artists that commission pieces all throughout all of our meeting rooms and created this really unique experience for everybody to come visit and enjoy. Um, and I think the biggest part of it is it really represents, you know, what NWA is. It's, we are who we are because of people in it, and not just because of one person. Because each person brought their own part to it mm-hmm. and created this thing bigger than themselves. And at its core, that's what Ledger is. It's something bigger than itself.
0: Ah, yeah, that's perfect. I love coming over to Ledger because you see me there a lot at Airship or going up meet with Fuel or other folks uh, in the building, and it's just it's an incredible building in and of itself. But the hub, the 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 this place, is a place people can just meet and congregate at is, is where the real power is. Um, how how big is Ledger, by the way? It's six stories. How many square
4: feet? Uh, 238,000 square feet total. And we have the first, second, and six floors open now. And our third floor will be opening up as an extension of our co-working package here first quarter next year. Awesome. So not only is it a big deal, it's pretty darn big. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It's uh, its been quite the uh, um, quite the project. And we have a great team there working on it, really making it come to life. Cool. Well, and by the way, for the audience, uh, there is an episode about Ledger,
0: uh, with Josh Colles, who's the developer and Mary Bess, who's the operations, uh, manager. Uh, if you go back through the archives, you'll find, uh, that episode. It's a pretty stellar episode. We get into depth uh, about Ledger and, uh, many other things, including uh, I'll, I'll leave this with you, including, uh, the bugs that are embedded in the, the concrete with their jewels. And you'll have to watch the episode find out what that's all about and what the meaning of those is which is actually pretty neat um so you're here at tech summit you've been here uh for a few years come to tech summit each year how's this experience been uh throughout the years and how's it play how is it playing out this year
4: yeah i mean every year it's been just mind blowing experience right like, i remember the first year i was here back when i first i uh, got to town and you know it was like Downtown Bentonville at the Record Fielder stops, and you know it's quite a few people. But I mean, every year since then, it's just like doubled down on like how incredible it is. And you know, the speakers they're bringing in, the companies coming in, showing like what true innovation could look like in Northwest Arkansas. It's really cool to see that collaboration between what the chambers doing and all these different companies that come into the area.
0: Yeah, and of course the the Tech Summit, the Northwest Arkansas Tech Summit, is put on by the Greater Bentonville Area Chamber of Commerce. Bentonville Economic Development is a brand within. That. And of course, we do the Bentonville Beacon podcast. So, with that said, I'm going to ask you our trademark question. Tell me a story. And it's a hashtag because Bentonville story, something that happened that uh, could only happen in Bentonville, or maybe describes the essence of the place.
4: Yeah. So, I think this goes back to even like the meaning of what Ledger is at its core, too, right? Creating these collisions and these instances where you run into people and other people doing these really cool projects all you the bet. time. And Ledger's a great example. I mean, just the other day, we're um, just going about a normal day. And I actually you know Snoop Dogg walks in uh, as part of one of the projects he's working on, right? You know, he's working with a few different people in the area, creating a different product line and you just casually just are having coffee at airship and then Snoop Dogg walks in front of you. I feel like that doesn't happen anywhere else. No, no. And, and it's not like folks, it's not like as if
0: this was his first time here either. This is pretty common that snoops around town because of these projects he's working on. So it's, it's actually uh, pretty cool. And there's many more folks uh, who come to town in that way. And it's it's always a
4: surprise, but not. It's yeah, cool. and it's, it's such a you know small area, it feels like. and just feel like all those kind of things happen all the time here. It's really, really unique. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I'll tell you that. My
0: wife, and if you met my wife, you're like, really? Uh, my wife is a huge fan of Snoop. Uh, and so I went home and I'm like, did you know Snoop walked right past me today? And she's like, what? I'm like, no, really, that's all that happened. Uh, But um, yeah, she's just a huge Snoop fan. It's it's pretty funny. Um, As well as am I, by the way. Um, Okay, last question. If the circus came to Bentonville and you could have a part in it for that one day,
4: what would you do? So that's, that's a funny question. And, and, and honestly, for me, it, it bleeds back into kind of what the core of ledger is. I mean, there's a reason I'm there, right? Like I'm passionate about being there because of what we are like sure. at core and our values. And I think for me, it's the trapeze artist, right? And it's because when all these little pieces work together, it creates this beautiful experience. Yeah. And I feel like to me, that's what I would be in the circus. It's like one cog of that entire machine because I can't do it by myself, but it takes all these other people around me to make it to be a really, you know, entertaining and, you know, really, honestly, complicated and very hard to do by yourself process. And they, that's where I, I would fall into it. Well, you're doing a stellar job of that. I'll tell you that. Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> and, Pete, hey, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. no oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Okay, let me introduce you to David Sanders, who is the managing partner for Econovention. David, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You bet. So, will you tell our audience uh, what you would like them to know about you?
5: Well, I'll, 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 be, I'll be brief, but um, uh, I've been in the technology business for about 45 years. I've worked for large major companies. I've been with Accenture, I've been with Perot Systems, I've been with KPMG Consulting, BearingPoint, And I'm at a point in my career where I decided hey, Instead of retiring, it's time to take everything I learned and and really put it to more of a use where I can have a little bit more of an impact. So if you ask me today what I'm looking to do, that means my my view would be I'm trying to have a little bit more of an impact. Not that I haven't had that before, but just a little bit of different impact. So that's where I'm at in my life and career.
0: That's a neat place to be in life. It is. Um, Okay, so then talk about how you're making an impact through Econovention. What's the problem you solve? Who are you solving it for? And how do you do it?
5: So a convention, uh, we've been around a little over uh, a year and a half. It was started by um, a fellow managing partner named Bill Halsey. Bill is a patent lawyer. And over the last five years, he's established locations all over the South, virtual offices to do patent work. And those offices are not in the big cities. They're in what we call the mid cities. So you got Birmingham, you got Jackson, you got Freeport, you got Memphis a little bit bigger, but it, you know, it needs some help. Bentonville and Tulsa are the ones that we're actually talking to. So he has virtual offices. And what he was seeing is these cities and the people in these cities not just need patent work, they need help in startups, entrepreneurship, innovation. So a year ago, he brought together four people to include himself, started a convention, and our goal is to really help these cities from a a more of an overall standpoint, more more coordination standpoint, build entrepreneurship, innovation, not saying they don't have it today, but we're trying to accelerate it. One of our managing partners... Ran IC squared in Austin, and we're very much in, in support of the Austin model. So we're trying to bring what was done in Austin for the last 30 years to all of these other mid sized cities in the southeastern United States.
0: Excellent. Well, a lot of amazing things have happened in Austin. Yep. Uh, we sit here in Bentonville, and sometimes here is Bentonville, is Northwest Arkansas, the next Austin. We want to take those great things that work and maybe the ones that didn't. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so I tell folks when they say, I, I love the articles that come out that, that actually say this. I both love them and go, eh. so I'll reuse those in social media and tell folks, we don't want to be the next Austin, we want to be the next best Bentonville. So that's today and tomorrow and the next day. But that also means learning from cities like Austin, learning what actually uh, does work. So I'm I, I'm glad that you are here and doing the work that, uh, that you exactly. do.
5: Exactly. I mean, we're not saying cities be, need to be Austin. Yeah. We're using the model to say cities need to be what they want to be, but using that as a model for growth.
0: So. Exactly. So we're at the Northwest Arkansas Tech Summit. Last year was your rookie year here. Um, what was your experience last year, and what are you expecting to get out of this year?
5: Well, you know, it's interesting. I never first never been to Bentonville before. Uh, I take that back. I, I J.B. Hunt used to be a client, mm-hmm. and I've been in here years and years ago to visit J.B. Hunt. We did a large software implementation for J.B. Hunt um but I'm sure that was twenty years ago, so I'm sure it's changed dramatically. Um I really like the the feel of Bentonville, uh the the attitude of the people and the flavor. And I'm sure this year that's gonna be expanded in Guam because it's much, much bigger this year than what we saw last year. I've attended session this morning and I plan to be here the next two days and I'm sure we'll learn a lot from here. Yeah, a lot of people may have
0: noticed uh, that, that, yes, Tech Summit has grown quite a bit. Uh, We're up to uh, 2,000 attendees, and it's across many different tracks. And it is pretty incredible seeing people get together from students to top leaders at Fortune One and everybody in between. It's pretty cool. Exactly. Um, So with the experiences you have had in Bentonville, uh, most people uh, end up. Pretty quickly, with what I'll call a hashtag because Bittenville story. That's something that happened where you look at it and go, I think that could only happen there. What's your hashtag because Bittenville well, story? I, I
5: um, had an opportunity last year to attend, go to the Walmart Museum. Hmm. And I, w- I walked around the museum. And interestingly enough, in the museum, as you well know, they have uh, Sam's office. Yeah. Probably pretty much as it looked. Well, I worked for Perot Systems for twice, in the early 90s and then in 2004 to 2006. And as you all know, Ross Sr. died recently, Mm -hmm. and they had moved to a place downtown Dallas, and they had a museum, and he was still living, so they had his office into the museum. So when he died, they just opened up the office, so... His museum and Sam's museum are a lot alike because there's Perot's office and there's Sam's office, and you can see, you know, the difference and a lot of things are similar in how these guys operated, what they had in their office, and how they thought. And I I thought it was interesting that both these icons, you know, have their office in a museum in their own city, and it was very interesting to see that.
0: Well, that's really neat. Um, right now, if you go to see the Walmart Museum, it's in a temporary spot. They're uh, doing some work on the building uh, that the Walmart Museum uh, was in. Actually, they, they're having to rebuild uh, the building. Uh, as they got into it, they discovered that they couldn't rescue the building, so they're going to replicate it. Uh, and build the new Walmart Museum, and it was some uh, new features for the museum. But the current museum uh, or the the temporary museum that's in the Ledger Building uh, downtown um, has a hologram of Sam Walton, and I believe you can go ask it questions and, and go ask it questions, now. and it's, it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a, a pretty interesting uh, experience. Um, so my last question I'm going to ask you um, is if, You had a theme song. Okay, David, if you had a theme, if every time you walked into a room, a theme song played, what would it be?
5: Well, I want to be careful about how I pick this because some people may not come across, but it would probably be the theme from Rocky. (laughs) I've read more about Sylvester Stallone recently, uh, and I don't know if people have read, but his background is unbelievable how he got to where he got how he convinced people to let him do the first movie. Uh, but, yeah, that song, I mean, if you're going to make an impact, and as I said earlier, an impact is what's important, I think that's a perfect theme song for
0: it. Right. And now Eye of the Tiger is stuck in my head, <laughs> and I'm not going to get it you out the rest of the day. Out. I love that song. I do too. David, thank you so much thank for you taking so time. you Okay, let me introduce you to Clayton Woodruff, who is the Director of Customer Success at ConFiz. Clayton, welcome to the show. Thanks, James. Good to be here. Well, glad to have you here. Will uh, you share with the Bentonville
2: Beacon audience what they should know about you? Absolutely. So, yeah, Director of Customer Success for ConFiz. Um, my work journey is all over the place. I've worked in several different industries, trail construction, trail building, video game development, um, but now I've landed in a tech firm. We do professional services uh, as an account manager. That's pretty cool. That is a <laughs>
0: pretty wide uh, range of industries. Absolutely. Okay, how does one go from end up making those changes? Let's do trail construction to what was the next one? Accounting? Uh,
2: no. So I went from trail. I went from video game development Well, that's to right. trail construction for eight years, then now to Confiz, and, which is basically retail technology. Okay, let's go so. with that one. How do you end up going from trail
0: construction to, to this technology? So
2: trail construction here, uh, It's it, this may be a Bentonville Beacon story as well for you, but uh, got connected with with yeah. Vic Miles from Microsoft through, mm-hmm. you know, one of the guys I worked with, his wife worked for Microsoft. And he then got me connected with the owners of, of Confiz and sort of, all unfolded there. I can elaborate on the story when you get to our Bentonville part of it. Okay, yeah. we'll
0: do that. I can't wait to hear yeah. <laughs> it. So, uh, talk about Confiz. What's the problem that your company solves?
2: Uh, who do you do that for? And how do you do it? All right. So, we are a professional services company and we work primarily with Fortune 100 companies in the retail sector. So, the problems that we solve are honestly any problems that they have but our focus is heavily on next-gen technologies and especially machine learning and AI. Uh, we've worked on cloud-powered checkout. We've worked on, you know, it, again, in-office in uh, systems, back-end systems for customers. Um, one area that I'm speaking about today is on uh, adaptive employee experience, so actually helping out our employees by creating an AI-driven digital workplace, and that's something that we've done for our customers as well.
0: Oh, that's cool. Well, and of course, you're speaking at here at yes. Northwest Arkansas Technology Summit. Uh, what's your experience been here
2: like? It's been great. This is my first time. I've been to a ridiculous amount of trade shows in my life. Um, so this one is super fun. There's just, you know, we get the benefit of having a lot of big companies here. And, you know, we get the Walmarts, the J.B. Hunts, the Tysons. So, you know, the stuff you get to hear is just really cool. And hell, we even have jetpacks over there. <laughs> How about that jetpack oh, no.
0: demonstration? Yeah. That was so cool. Right. <laughs> um, I, I had the pleasure of interviewing uh Paul Jones earlier, oh, who great. was flying the jetpack out there. It was yeah. it was uh it was fantastic. He told me some uh, really interesting stories, including one I won't tell you that that happened right before the demonstration. Uh-huh, okay. Um, Hey, this next question is a hashtag because Bentonville story. Uh, could you tell me a story that's something that happened, and it sounds like you have one in uh, mind. I have
2: one in mind. That, yes. Yeah. That could only happen in Bentonville, yes. or describes the, the, irony, the irony of, of this course. story is that it actually didn't happen in Bentonville, but it's because of Bentonville. Yes. So as I said, I went from trail construction to you know being an account manager for Walmart, the Walmart account, Fortune One. Uh, well, I- obviously, it's a it's a big step there, but. You know, again, met up, met up with Vic Miles and actually got invited out to the uh, NRF National Retail Federation Conference. It's largest retail conference in, in the world, I think, in, in New York City. Uh, and actually got sent out there and did my interview, quote unquote, with the owners of Confiz. And then met, you know, got connected with a couple of people from Walmart um, that worked for Walmart. And then my first day on the job at Walmart, I run into them. Turns out one of them is a, is a VP. Uh, and that was just, you know, me randomly meeting him in New York City, you know, but it's all here. So it's just, yeah, one of those like little things where, you know, you can meet just great people all over the place. So That is amazing. <laughs> what an incredible story.
0: Yeah. Uh Talk to the audience a moment. You know, I like to say a lot that that unbelievable things can happen here that 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 you really can do just about anything in Bentonville and that Bentonville is, is, is a place that changes lives uh, and that if you dream it up, it can happen. And this sounds like something that could be dreamt up and it
2: happened. It That's did. incredible. It did. Yeah. That's so wonderful. That's probably the best interview I've had, I think. He's <laughs> <laughs> just hanging out. So. You bet. Well, let me ask you this final question. All Chat right.
0: GPT suggested I ask you this. Let's hear it. If you could turn invisible, but only when you sing, what song would you belt out to make that happen?
2: I think it would probably have to be a Pearl Jam song. Because then if I forget the words, you can just kind of make noises. And just it just totally, totally works, you know, <laughs> specifically yellow lead better. You know, nobody knows what he's saying anyway. Not, I have no idea exactly. what the so words are. I wouldn't led. have to get this, you know, this, get it right. Just kind of have the tone and just make stuff up. So. <laughs> that is
0: fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. Okay, let me introduce you to Rachel Holbert, who is a general partner with Hivers and Strivers. Rachel, welcome to the show.
6: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Glad to have you here. Uh, will you share your story or t- or tell the Bitville Beacon audience about yourself?
6: Yeah, yeah. So uh, Rachel Holbert here, uh, fairly new to the community. I have been here about two months. Uh, really excited uh, to be here. Thank you for uh, hosting me. Um, but yeah, so a little bit about Hivers and Strivers and myself. Um, so Hivers and Strivers is an early stage venture fund that invests exclusively in military veterans. And we are on um, our second fund, and we were looking at the future of what that means and how to grow. And we had decided that Washington, DC, where we were based previously, um, didn't really align with our cultural values. Uh, There's a lot there that um, DC is an incredible place and it is very government focused and transient and being in the early stage entrepreneurship world, mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't cut out for DC. And so we looked around the nation and New York was a little transactional and Silicon Valley was this kind of fake it till you make it uh, sentiment. And we went throughout the entire US and we had settled on Bentonville. As a place to move our funk. Because we, we looked at all of the incredible work everybody um, has already put into it the University of Arkansas, private, public corporations, um, there's a ton of nonprofits as well that are really into entrepreneurship here. And we saw an opportunity that not only could we really grow and build here in Northwest Arkansas. But there's a lot of cultural alignment with our values of service-oriented and uh, leadership and being willing to help a neighbor, help a friend, and just this uh, inclusivity that exists here.
0: Yeah, I, I love that you said that. I love that you said settled on Bentonville most of the time that doesn't sound like a great thing we settled on it but y'all chose Bentonville Bentonville, right after going all over the country and that is uh, that's absolutely amazing and you're one of we're kind of this hidden secret in what's happening here in terms of funds too like whether it's a fund relocating here like yours or others that are now coming here and placing offices here. I mean, gosh, when I first got here in 2020, we had a few local funds, and now all of a sudden there's a dozen plus funds that have a presence here, and it continues to grow. I'm really excited to see what that'll look like a couple of years from now. And I love that you have hybrids and Strivers here who you're very specific about the audience that you're, or the entrepreneurs that you're investing in. And as a veteran, I want to say thank you for coming here and for investing in, in military veterans.
6: Yeah, Thank you for all you did. Um,
0: so let's talk about hivers and strivers a, a little bit more. I mean, you talked about some of the reasons that y'all came here. Uh, you're, more than welcome to expand on that. And if you'd like to talk about some of the companies that you've invested in so far, wherever they are, uh, and how they fit your investment thesis, that would be awesome.
6: Yeah. So we invest exclusively in military veterans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the military veteran tends to be a co-founder, founder of a early stage startup. We'll write a first check-in is usually around 250 to 500K. And then we... Um, that's when the work begins. Mm-hmm. Usually in some funds, that's when it ends. Uh, but for us, um, I really say when I write an entrepreneur a check, that's when I start working for you. So put nice. me to work. Uh, and so what we really do is we we not only bring capital, but we bring in an incredible uh, investor network with us. So our investors into our fund come from uh, Fortune 500 companies that have succeeded in in startups and have built something and are now they want to give it back. And so we usually put one of our investors on the board. We don't take board seats. We, we bring in someone else who is specific in that industry because we are industry agnostic. We are geographically agnostic. And we play in that space of pre-seed to series A, series B. Um, we right now have 14 investments uh, or portfolio companies and uh, about 80 million in assets under management uh, to date. And so, with that, um, we we just try to find stellar people, and that's where military veterans um, really are this underappreciated, underfunded asset class, mm-hmm. in our opinion. They make great entrepreneurs and have just—I mean—the resiliency, the agility. Uh, they build teams really well. I mean, g- very generalizing here because every person is different. And sure. the branches are different too. I love seeing the difference yep. in branches. Uh, and with that, we've invested in company, a uh, hydrogen company that okay. d- recycles green hydrogen and distributes it uh, locally. So it's like a farm-to-table hydrogen concept uh, that's... Um, Dece- we call it the decentralized hydrogen model. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is uh, right now they're uh, approaching their series B and their last investment was by a publicly traded company um, at a $120 million valuation. Wow. Uh, and then um, another company uh, that we invest in does security deposits. So renter's insurance, security deposits. So uh, Riking Cool Air Force, um, he was a lawyer in New York city. And when he went to go put uh, get an apartment in New York city, they asked for three months of a security deposit. And he's like, I just got out of the air force. I don't have much capital. Like, and he had to go borrow that money. And then as it, he was doing law and making some money, he was doing, he was helping others who had that same issue with him. And now it's turned into this huge company, a hundred people. Uh, They just brought in this stellar new CEO, Uh, really building and scaling this, beautiful business model and great team and uh it, it says a ton about him as an entrepreneur and then similarly uh another one is um polco is a civic engagement platform based out of madison wisconsin they're fascinating uh they uh they do polling for citizens constituents for city governments municipalities and the, it's like SurveyMonkey, but it's tied to your voter ID number. So as um, a politician who I want to serve my constituents to the best I can, I want their input to know, should this airport road or golf course, what do you think about this? And get the input and feedback and then be able to say, okay, most females between the ages of 18 and 30 don't agree with having this airport road over here because maybe, doesn't make them feel safe, but the males do or something like, so let's break uh-huh. this down. So it, it decentralizes town halls. Um, yeah. so they just went over the hundred million valuation mark, which is incredible. And we're just, I'm lucky enough to work with really incredible entrepreneurs. And this is a testament to the entrepreneurs themselves. They are, um, incredibly hardworking and, uh, sometimes stubborn, and, and it's really says a lot about um, what they're made of, and it's incredible.
0: Yeah, I like the stubbornness of entrepreneurs. Yeah. <laughs> so, sometimes folks say things like, oh, well, really listen. And, and that doesn't mean you're not listening because you're yeah. stubborn, right? Really listen to what folks are, do, are, are saying to you, especially your investors, and take that and do something with it. Sometimes you shouldn't. Yeah. Sometimes as an entrepreneur, you should stick to it
6: yeah. and and.
0: You're going to have to explain yourself, right? But, but I love that. And all those companies you mentioned, uh, wow, that's pretty impressive. Like all of them are doing well. Uh, thinking about a, a couple of them, the security deposit one, it makes me think about, uh, where we are as a nation with housing right now. It is hard enough to find attainable housing. And then when you do, it's not attainable because. You can't afford the security bar- deposit. Three months is ridiculous, and so I love that that they've dove in uh, to to that uh, to that area to solve a very uh, real problem. Um, the hydrogen uh, company comes to mind as something uh, like maybe we in Arkansas could learn from them. I say that uh, because Arkansas and Louisiana and Oklahoma have banded together, um, um, and. I, I'm trying to remember if if they've received the grant or they've applied for a grant uh, around a hydrogen hub. That's going to be a really uh, big deal. And so there's stuff going on in that space here, and I just love hearing these. Um, so thank you for again for investing in these companies and believing in these uh, military veterans and uh, you know helping push them forward. I'm going to add one more thing. Uh, one more thing that I wrote that you said earlier, sort of in the middle of that, was uh, I want to commend you and your team for this, that you don't take board seats, but instead you pull from your investors who have experience, industry experience, and plug them as board seats. One of the things that frustrates me about VCs is more often than not, they do take board seats. And many times when they don't have any industry experience, they have no idea what they're talking about. And frankly, they're helping point... The company toward very critical decisions that they're really not qualified to do. And it's not helpful many times. So I'm well, glad y'all do that.
6: And, and so, what we'll, what we like to do, do is take a board observer seat. So I'll yes. sit as a board observer just for basic corporate governance. Yeah. Cause uh, if you have industry experience and let's say you have, um, maybe you didn't build a company, maybe you were, a publicly traded company, you are CEO of a publicly traded company. Now you sit on a board right. of a healthcare startup. Uh, you know what the industry looks like. You know where the company needs to get, but to get from point A to point B, there that's tends right. to be. So we kind of come in with corporate governance knowledge. Like, um, sometimes an audit committee, mm-hmm. compensation committee isn't appropriate for a pre series A company. And that's the decisions that we make then as, hey, at this point, is when you start to bring in the big guns and yeah. build into a um, more mature company.
0: That that is perfect. That's a perfect balance. I like that. Um, so here we are at Northwest Arkansas Tech Summit. This is your rookie year at Tech Summit. You'll have many to go, but what are what have your experiences been so far here? What do you think?
6: No, it's it's incredible to uh, watch the community come together, and uh, I love meeting new people here and. Uh, I've had just a few one-offs with some very smart people, and I, I really appreciate that um, this was a uh, a forcing mechanism to all come together. <laughs> and uh, I just, I love watching the ideas, the jetpack. Um, the jetpack is actually really interesting. Uh, I came here in 2018 for the first time, and I got to see the jetpack. And so this is kind of a full circle moment of what, the jet. Um, what's the name of the jetpack? Gravity. Gravity. Sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's a full, it's full circle of the first time I'm in Bentonville. Now I live here. Is it's fun?
0: That's that's really cool. Um, so you were at Up Summit in 2018. Then if you uh, saw the jetpack, that's that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I love seeing it. I, I uh, had Paul Jones who flew the jetpack around, sitting in that seat uh, a couple hours ago. And as I told him then, I can still smell the jet fuel yeah. <laughs> and feel the, 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 the wind he was generating. It was really cool. Nothing
6: that was better so than cool. jet fuel in the morning, right? Yeah, that, that's exactly <laughs> right.
0: That should be a thing.
6: Yeah.
0: Um, okay, I've got a question for you. You've had a little bit of experience here. Maybe you have a story, maybe you don't. But uh, do you have a story, a hashtag, because Bittenville story? That's something that happened where you look at it and you think that could only happen here or it describes the essence of this place. And it could be a very specific story or it, it can be generalized too. Uh,
6: I will say, um, so I showing up here eight weeks ago, I really didn't know what to expect. Uh, very nervous, barely knew many people in the community. And I have absolutely loved how I've been welcomed with open arms. Um, I just recently joined the airport Board of Advisors. Very nice. Uh, really excited about that. Um, very very smart people over there. Debbie's running an, um, an incredible organization, and it's been really incredible because I just showed up, and all of a yeah. sudden they're welcoming, and they they identify. They're like, Hey, you're a young young female with board experience, and you love to fly. Aviation's a passion of mine, and let's marry the two together. And, and so very open thinking forward thinking, uh, that I've seen from the community, which is wouldn't happen really. Any like you go to Austin, you would never, I would never have done that. Um, and then too, with the whole aviation, I just, I love like that. I could fly into sugar Creek and yeah. just hang out at a hangar. Like who, who else, where else in the world can you do that? Um, you have 80 different fields, grass strips to fly into and you can go over to birds and grab lunch. And I just, I love how aviation is so accessible here and everything that they're doing at the airport is absolutely incredible.
0: Yeah. Well, that's pretty, thanks for starting on the airport's board of advisors. And of course you're talking about, uh, since we have two airports here, you're talking about Fadenfield versus uh, Arkansas, I'm uh, sorry, Northwest Arkansas National Airport. But you know, I, you're right. That says a lot. You got here eight weeks ago. Folks recognized your talent, who you are so said, wait a minute. We need your advice. We need you to be a leader in this community. We need to pull you in right now. I think in most places you'd have, I don't know how many gatekeepers it would take to get there, but that just wouldn't happen in most places. And I really appreciate, I, I love that.
6: Well, and then too, to be able to give back to the community in a meaningful way. Because yeah. I mean, think about, I'm so incredibly grateful to have been born here in the U.S., And I see it as my civic duty to give back to the community. And so to be asked from the community to help out uh, is really meaningful to me. So just really thankful to have the opportunity.
0: Very cool. Okay. I have one last question for you. Um, ChatGPT helped us out with this this question. So here's your question. Uh, If you could become famous, but only as a fictional version of yourself, what would your story be?
6: So I would be only name famous because I like walking around the street and not having people know who I am. And I would be a, uh, I would write novels, uh, like thriller novels, uh, like action, James Bond, like novels. And I would sit on my farm in Arkansas and <laughs> just write novels. That so, sounds
0: fabulous. Yeah,
6: that's all I want to do. So Perfect. Great.
0: Well, that's a great way to wrap up this interview. Thank you, Rachel, for joining me on Bentonville Beacon. I really appreciate it. Thank you to our Bentonville Beacon audience. Our incredible guests and your enthusiasm and engagement truly make this podcast a success. It's your commitment to discovery and connection that mirrors the spirit of our community, ever vibrant and forward moving. Please consider sharing these episodes with friends and colleagues to extend the reach of the insightful discussions held at the Northwest Arkansas Technology Summit. Each discussion shared adds to the rich tapestry of Bentonville's narrative. Revisit all of our episodes at bentonvillebeacon.com or on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay in tune with the pulse of Greater Bentonville. Until we meet again, keep embracing the discussions and ideas that exemplify Greater Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas. Places of innovation, community, unique charm, places where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. See you next time.